0: Welcome to the My Big Church podcast. On this podcast, you will hear a message of hope and inspiration from one of our pastors. We hope you enjoy the message. This is the Big Church podcast. Today I want to tell I want to talk to you and tell you a little story and kind of put it into context about the story of Zacchaeus. Everybody knows the story of Zacchaeus. Come on. All four of you know Zacchaeus? Okay, well here we go. Zacchaeus, I grew up in church, I knew all of the Bible stories, and we used to have, I wish I had a little felt board or something, you remember, y'all remember those, they put the little felt board and put them up here, and it was all awesome, so yes, the story of Zacchaeus, and let me start reading to you, let me tell you the title of this message is this, is it worth the work? So as we start reading in Luke 19, let me read this to you, then Jesus entered, and he passed through Jericho. Verse 2, he says, Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. He heard about Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming into town, and he wanted to see what all of the fuss was about. Zacchaeus was a seeker, but what would have happened if Zacchaeus wasn't a seeker? We wouldn't have had, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, for he climbed up in a sycamore tree, for the Savior he wanted to see. Y'all don't know that song? That's a good song. Man, okay, Jesus, lo- everybody knows that one. But if he was not a seeker, if he was not someone who wanted to seek after God or search after God, we wouldn't have that song. But he said this, is it worth the work not to give up. A lot of times what we do is we have life things in our life become obstacles in our life. And the very first thing that he has to overcome is he has to overcome the crowd. I, let me just be honest with you guys. I love, I love people, but I don't really like crowds. When my wife told me that I could not go to Lauren Daigle last week, I was devastated. <laughs> That's funnier than that. No, I was happy that I was not having to go fight through that crowd. And, it, and the idea of being with a bunch of girls in that segment, just never mind, I'm not going there. But I wanted to go. In the crowd, always going to have people saying, you'll never make it. In the crowd, you're always going to have people saying, you're going to miss out on all of the fun. A lot of this generation right now, when they're trying to follow Jesus, they have people that are standing behind them and saying, man, you're going to miss out on all the fun. We're doing all this. We're doing. But little to the know, another thing that you do is they'll tell you in the crowd that God is not real. We live in a culture right now who is a, actually anti-God kind of right now, the way it's going. But sometimes when you get in the crowd, you get lost in the crowd. You know, before too long, you're going along, and, and a lot of times Christians are, are doing this when they're on fire for God. When they first start out, you know, they can take on hell with a squirt gun, and they're ready to do everything. But before too long, that, that fire starts to go out, and they can get lost in the crowd. They start going along with what everybody else is saying. I'm telling you, Pastor Mindy did a good job a few weeks ago talking about how we cannot get, we can't allow culture to dictate who we are and who we follow because if we do that, we're going to get lost in the crowd. You know, another thing that you do, you get comfortable in the crowd. Why? Because everybody is doing it, right? We're getting comfortable because anytime you step out and you're doing something that's contrary to culture, contrary to what everybody else is doing, it begins to get uncomfortable in you. Well, God has got us living out our lives in what we're doing in an uncomfortable position. If you're not If you are comfortable, God wants to pull you out of that comfort zone. He was also short in stature, which means he was physically short. I think the historian said he was about five foot tall, if I was, that's what they said. We assign value or devalue because of physical appearance. We look at someone, they say, because you're short, because you're tall, because you're skinny, because you're a little bit plump a little bit plump, that you are something that you're not. Sure, It doesn't matter if you can see over the crowd. You cannot let your, your limitations, your circumstances, or your handicaps keep you from seeing Jesus. So a lot of times what we do is we want to say, well, well I'm only this because I'm this. And, and I can't do this because of this that happened in my life. And, and, you know, I have this handicap that I can't go. But sometimes we can't see. Because we just need to grow up a little bit. Sometimes it's not a shortened stature thing. Sometimes it's something in our our spiritual life that won't allow us. We're short spiritually. We can't see over the crowd because we allow everything to come in and start speaking to us those negative things. What he does, too, is he also has a bad reputation. I ain't going to ask you all to lift your hand if you've had a bad reputation in your life. Keep mine down here. Verse 4 says this. So he ran ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. He had no one, if you knew Zacchaeus' life, no one was going to give him a break. No one was going to cut him any slack because you know why? Because he was a liar, he was a thief. He was a cheat, and everybody knew what he was and who he was in the town. He was rich, and he was stingy, and he wasn't going to give anything away. But he had to run ahead of the crowd because he probably would have been pushed away, probably would have kept him down. They probably would not have allowed him to advance to the place where God wanted him to go. But maybe you've been pushed aside because you got pregnant when you were young. Maybe you've been pushed aside because you decided to get an abortion. Maybe you've been pushed aside because you got put in jail or you have drug problems and addictions or maybe your family's all jacked up. Maybe you've been pushed aside for some reason. You can't make excuses and say, I'm too much of a sinner to try to get to Jesus. You can't say that I had all oh, my parents or my past or anything. Sometimes limitations make us come up with bigger and more, and more wide excuses. I can't believe how hypocritical, how hypocritical churches are. You'd be surprised the people that want to come to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites going to church there. Yeah. Well, they probably need to stay home because all they would do is probably add to the number. Ooh. Sometimes I ain't going to church because those people are nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, I can't go any deeper than that. We have, we have to leave that one alone. Don't let excuses make you miss Jesus because Jesus is walking by. He is walking by right now, and so many times we use our past, we use all of the things that, that have happened to us, our mind. The enemy comes in and he starts uh, playing rewind and fast forward and play, rewind, fast forward and play. He, prays, he starts putting this picture inside of your mind, and you can't quite get out of it. So you say, I'll always be this way. I'll always think this way. I'll always go this place. But God's calling you to a different place. Don't give up. He determined. It was worth the work. Why? He had heard about Jesus. When he heard about Jesus when he was coming into town, he didn't know what to expect, but he was expecting something. He didn't know what to expect, but he was expecting something. So many times we don't know what to expect, but we ought to come expecting. A lot of times when we come to church and and we're saying, bless me if you can, God, and God said, I'm trying to bless you, baby, but you got to start expecting more when you walk in the door out there. He he had heard all about Jesus. He would heard all about the miracles and the baptisms. And he heard about all of the crowd. But he had lost hope because he thought things in his life could not change. Mm -hmm. We live in a world right now, one of the main problems right now we have is the suicide rate is skyrocketing right now. And you know why? Because people have lost hope. They have things that are happening in their life. They're going down. But the Bible says hope Deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah. And a lot of times we have our hope and we and we, we dream of things that we're gonna do in the future. And we dream of things that, that we could also do, but the hope kind of gets crushed in us. And then the byproduct is as we go through addictions and, and depression and suicide and 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 you know he but here's what happened though. He heard Jesus was coming into town, and there was a guy named Matthew that was with Jesus. You know why that gave him hope? Because Matthew was a tax collector. He said, oh my goodness, Jesus has a tax collector in me. And it gave him hope to say, even I can be saved. If he can do it for, listen, somebody got to know that If he can do it for Matthew, he can do it for you. If he can do it for someone, he can do it for you this morning. He gave him hope and said, it's me. So you know what he did? He humbled his short, little rich self, and he went up and climbed up a tree. I remember we took the boys to Florida one time, and, and he, uh, uh, they all decided they're going to climb a palm tree. Do y'all know? Y'all ever trying to feel a palm tree? Y'all know what? Okay, well, after they got done, they were all skinned up all the way down their legs, blood was coming out of their arms, and they decided that climbing a palm tree was not the greatest idea in the world. So can you imagine Zacchaeus running out there, and there's a tree there, and it's probably this big around, and he's this big. And he has to look up, and he has to say, how in the world am I going to climb up this tree? But he decided that he was going to climb it anyway. Why? Because Zacchaeus needed a better vantage point. He needed to see things from a totally different point. I think a lot of times in our lives what we do is we continue to look at our lives and the things that have went in our lives as being the same all the time. But God says, I want to take you higher. He said, I want to put you in a better place. I want to give you a higher vantage point. What we got to do is we have to not get stuck on the ground. So many times in our life we're stuck on the ground. God says, I built you to soar, but yet you're crawling. I built you to fly, and yet you're just creeping around. God says, I want you to get to a place where you can start seeing. And also what happens when you climb is you take a chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God didn't call us into being comfortable. He didn't call us into, into doing our normal routine. How many's tired of the routine you live every day? You get up, like Groundhog Day. Y'all ever watch that movie? Maybe you're too young for that one. But you get up, and you do. Dez has seen Groundhog. That blesses me. You're young, too. You've seen that movie. It's good. But he wakes up every single day, and the day is the same. God says, I want you to get out of your comfort zone. I want you to get out of what you're comfortable with, and I want you to see that there is a world out there right now that needs you to climb a tree. They need you to be up in the air. They need you to be looking over circumstances that you can't see anymore. Taking a chance, the climb was risky. You know, you got a five-foot-tall guy trying to climb a a 30-foot tree, and the limb was over top of the street. He could have fallen, but Zacchaeus in that mind had said, I'm not going to give up. Until I see Jesus. And here's the thing. We want to start seeing things happen in our life. We want to see things change in our families. We want to do all of that stuff. We have got to be able to say, I'm going to take a risk, and I am going to stretch out, and I am going to be who you come. You've got to take that limb over the street, and you've got to start praying for your family. You've got to start believing for your kids. You've got to start doing the things that God's called you, even if it's not comfortable. Looking down, here's good. Here, this is good. Looking down on circumstances and obstacles changes your perspective of them. You know what? If you're sitting up and you're soaring over top of what you see and you can look down on it, it does not look as big when you're above it. But when you're down on ground level all the time looking up at your problems... Looking up at the things that keep haunting you and chasing you, they look very big. So God says, all I'm trying to get you to do is I'm trying to elevate you to a different place. I'm trying to put you on top of a different place where you can see things the way I see things. God is in heaven. He doesn't see like we see. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His, he doesn't think the way that we think. But he wants to change our, our way of thinking. And when Jesus, verse 5, and when Jesus came into place, he looked up. And he saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Today I must stay at your house. Jesus looked up, and he had vision all around him. But I wonder, who was seeking who? Think about it. Zacchaeus thought he was running ahead of the crowd. Zacchaeus thought, i got to get up a tree to see better. But did not you think that Jesus knew who, what his mission was and who he was coming today? He said he left the, one, left the 99 to go after the 1. That day was Zacchaeus' day. Yeah, yeah. He was seeking him. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. Here's the thing that got him. He said he knew his name. Now it was personal. Here's what Zacchaeus' name meant. It means pure, innocent, righteous. That name sure did not fit Zacchaeus' real life, did it? Jesus didn't say to him when he looked up in the tree, he said, he didn't say, Zacchaeus, you're a sinner. You've been ripping people off. Hey, I've heard all about you. You better stay up in that tree because I ain't got no time for that. Mm -hmm. Jesus saw something different in him. And no matter what you are or who you are or what what your past has been, God can pick you if you're available. You might be bad fruit. Maybe your fruit stinks a little bit. That's my wife's favorite thing is you're known by your fruit. Maybe your fruit hasn't looked good your whole life. But God says, I'm about to take that thing and I'm about to ripen you up. And I'm going to put you in a place that you've never been before. He can pick you if you're available. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. The crowd says, stay up there. Zacchaeus, come down. The crowd says, stay up there. You know why? Because you're not worthy to come down. Listen to this. You're not worthy to come down. And all of a sudden, fear starts rising up up in us because we feel like we're not good enough to come out of the tree and meet the Savior. So many times we allow ourselves to get on the backside of somewhere and the backside of this because of fear just keeps us and grips us down. The crowd is saying you're not worthy, you're guilty, you're shameful. The enemy is out there trying to tell you the same thing. Stay up the tree. Stay up the tree. You don't have no right to be down here on the ground. But obedience leads to breakthrough. Look what happens. I must stay at your house, Jesus said to him. He didn't say, let's meet at Starbucks. He didn't say, let's go to Heine Brothers. And God forbid we go to Waffle House. Y'all love Waffle House? I don't. And he didn't say, let's go to church. He said... I'm going to your house. Good. Home is where the heart is. And when you're at home, it reveals your priorities, your hobbies, your family, your habits. At home is where you are vulnerable. Jesus said he wanted to see where Zacchaeus lived. You know why? Because the Bible says in Revelations, I stand at the door. I stand at your heart. I stand at home, and I knock, and I'm waiting for you just to come and open the door up, and you know what I want to do? I just want to come in and eat with you. Yeah. I'll come to your house and stand and knock, and if you'll give me some, never mind. I'm just, that's not as funny as I thought it would be. Anyway. It's worth the work to say yes. My wife doesn't think I'm funny anyway, so you guys are helping me out. I appreciate it. It's worth the work to say yes. Look at verse 6. So he came and he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. Zacchaeus was fired up, man. Jesus was going to his house. But when they saw it, say they, they all, thank you, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Imagine that. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. But you will all, when you say yes, you will always have people complaining. Yeah. You will always have people that are holier than thou looking down their nose at you, trying to judge you, trying to tell you that you cannot do that because I think a lot of times what, what the problem is is we've got people that think they don't have any sin in their life that their sin is not their sin. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We prioritize. We do all of these things. We start figuring out that, oh, well, they do this and they do that. They started looking around at Zacchaeus and looking at him and saying, well, he's a thief. He's a liar. He's a cheat. But yet all those people out there were a bunch of people with their nose stuck up in the air and thought that they didn't do any wrong. They hated him because they wasn't. No, I didn't do that right. Say it. Help me. Help me. They hate him because they ain't him. That's her <laughs> favorite saying. She said, they hate me because they ain't me. You got people that'll be jealous with you when you come down and you're elevated into a place where God wants you to be. When God starts having dinner with you, it's gonna change how everybody thinks about you. When God starts coming to your house, listen to me, and he starts residing in your home, you're gonna have people start, start being jealous and all of those, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Whenever God starts to take you to a new place, you'll always have somebody trying to cut you down. Always trying to yeah, yeah. dissuade you and try to keep you in the place where you always were. But complainers, I ain't got no time for that. It's worth the work if you make things right. Repentance is key key. is the first step to making things right. Look at what he does here. When Zacchaeus stood, verse 8, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord. I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore them fourfold. He ain't just gonna give them back a little bit, he's gonna give them four times what he took. Making things right, do this. A true encounter with Jesus changes everything. Here, here's the story of Zacchaeus the next day. He walks out in the street and and people see him coming, and before they always tried to avoid him, right? Oh my gosh, here comes Zacchaeus. He's going to want something from us. He's going to try to take all of our taxes. He's going to cheat us. But what happens is he walks out. People are ducking and they're diving into every place. But what they start seeing is this. They start seeing Zacchaeus walking around putting a $100 bill in the poor man's cup. They see Zacchaeus walking over here to the family that don't have any food to feed their kids. And he's bringing them bread. He's bringing them food. And he's bringing us up because he's had a change of heart. They're starting to see there's something different about Zacchaeus. Instead of shaking them down, he was about to shake them up. He went to make things right. And let me just tell you something. When God changes your life, people won't have to ask what changed your life. They didn't, he didn't have to go out and say, Jesus came to my house last night. His actions spoke louder than any words that he could ever do. When he started giving and receiving, and that's what God is looking for in us right now. It, he says, you will know me, you'll know we're Christians by our love, and by how we act. We can tell people all day long what we do, but until we start putting those things into action, nothing will change. Religion says... You got to change to find God. God says, Seek me, search me out, don't give up, and you will change. Religion says you got to follow the rules. And listen to me, you got rules. Listen to Daddy up here, you got rules. But you got to follow the rules to perfection or you'll never change. Jesus said, I want you just to come and spend a little time with me. Why don't you open up the, the The door of your heart, let me come on in and and have a little dinner with you and we'll chill. And when you start doing that with God, you're going to start seeing your life start changing in such a dramatic way. If y'all would stand with me just a second. I'm going to read. They don't have this verse up here, but I think I skipped it in the first one. And Jesus said to them, Today salvation has come to the house because he is also the son of Abraham. When, you're, when you say yes, it not only affects you, but it affects your house. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Because Zacchaeus decided, listen, I am, I'm not staying up this tree no more. I'm not staying in my comfort zone anymore. I'm not going to be who I was before. It not only changed his life, but it changed the whole atmosphere of his house. God is no respecters of, person, uh, of, of people. He doesn't care if you're rich or you're poor, you're black or white. He doesn't care your social status. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. So on Labor Day, I ask you this. Is it worth the work? Is it worth the work? Is our families worth it? Are our schools worth it? Is our city worth it? Is our nation worth it? Sometimes God is just looking us to get committed to climb a tree. Sometimes when you can climb a tree, you can see that your problems are quite not as big as you think they are. When you climb a tree, you can see what's going on around you. And he's wanting to see if we're committed to say yes to the call. Each and every one of you, when you gave your hearts to Jesus, you said yes to the call, whether you believe, whether you know it or not. And he's looking for us to start stepping out of our own little world and stepping into someone else's world. He's looking for us to make things right. A true encounter with God changes everything. Zacchaeus climbed a tree to have a better view, but when he got up that tree, he saw things with whole different eyes. His spiritual eyes were opened at that time. His physical eyes had been blinded, but when he climbed that tree, his spiritual eyes opened. He recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Savior, but most of all, he was a friend of sinners. A friend of sinners that wanted to go home with him and actually have dinner with him, wanted to have a relationship with him. He couldn't believe it. I'm going to put this out to you as we get ready to pray, and these altars are open. There'll be a prayer team on the left and right. You might have messed up, but that doesn't mean you're a mess. I'm going to say that again. You might have messed up, but that doesn't mean you're a mess. You have got to get out of that mentality that I am just a... You ever wake up and just say, I'm a mess? It's okay to be messed up and to mess up a little bit, but you are not a mess. You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You are a son and daughter of the King. You are not a mess. You will never be too far that God can't see you. The Bible says if I make my bed in heaven or if I make my bed in hell, I'll be there with you. You're never too far. And here's the good thing. He knows your name. You look around and you feel insignificant in this world sometimes, but I just want you to know, Taylor, he knows your name. Khadijah, he knows your name. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves when the enemy comes in like a flood that Jesus has to raise up that standard and say, I know you. I know you. I know the hairs on your head. I know every time they fall out, but I know you, he wants to go home with you too. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Fagin Bush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.